0: Good morning, guys. Thursday, the 12th of May, another negative night on Wall Street. Marcus, what happened?
1: Well, that CPI number was potentially going to turn around the market after a sharp drop in the last month or so, but it didn't. The CPI number, I'll come to it in a minute, but the CPI number was slightly higher than expected, although it did show a bit of a peak compared to March, but the March number was extraordinarily high, highest number since, what was it, 1980 or something for a yearly gain in inflation of 8.5%. So this was 8.3%, people expecting 8.1%. And it could have been the catalyst for a bounce, but it clearly hasn't been. Dow Jones down 327. S&P down 1.65%. NASDAQ down 3.18%. Apple down 5%. Tesla down 8%. Netflix down another 6.5%. Netflix is now down over 70% from the top. Bitcoin down 6% as well. That is now down 42% in a month and 59% from the top Bitcoin interestingly afterpay in our market is down can you believe it 47 well afterpay it's blocked now isn't it sq2 is the code is now it's hardly traded here if you look at the volumes and the movements during the day so it's a sort of markup from the u.s price but down 47.9 percent in just over a month so technology taking it hard i'll get to the strategy but there is a chart in the strategy piece of the iShares growth etf versus the value etf and it is clear that uh, growth stocks are getting absolutely Hammered relative to value at the moment. The good bits of news overnight, a slight improvement in COVID cases in China. That perhaps explains why the iron ore price up 3%. There was also Russia panning out its own sanctions, uncertainty in the energy market, lower inventory numbers in the US, and the oil price up 6% overnight. So our market, despite being down 80 points at worst today, has seen the resources and energy sectors higher. BHP and Ford Skew are actually up a bit today. And our market is actually bouncing. We were down 83, we're down about 50 at the moment. I'll come to strategy a bit later. That'll probably do us for now.
0: And a good little segue into what's happening with our market. As you said, we are down 55 points, worse than what the futures had expected, but bouncing a little bit from the lows. We are above, holding above now that key 7,000 level, which is interesting. Tech names are leading the weakness. All techs index was down as much as 4.4%, blocks slipping the most off something like 15%. Zero down 7% on results. They did flag some higher expenses or expenses to be at the top end of their range in FY23. The Commonwealth Bank is down a little bit, 0.1% on its quarterly update. There weren't any big surprises. Similar sort of commentary to the other banks that have reported results. CSL warned on a delay to the VIFOR Pharma deal with some regulatory approvals slowing there. energy and miners up a touch. BHP and Rio lifting on a firmer iron ore price. Nothing major ahead on the economic front. The US has producer prices data due tonight, which could offer another kick to risk sentiment. Today, I have a buy hold sell out in what you could possibly describe as a bit of a lifeboat stock amongst all this volatility, likely to suit investors with an appetite for low volatility income and leverage to a couple of big macro themes. So that will be published shortly. Chris is unable to join us today. He is looking at the Bank of Queensland in his chart of the day, which is stuck in a bit of a sideways range for the last few months. And that takes us to you, Henry. What are you talking about in Henry's take today?
2: Thanks, Tom. Talking the ugly truth, was a great movie with um, Gerard uh, Butler. Exactly. Doyenne of rom-coms at the time. She was uh, fantastic, whose name escapes me just for a second, but it will come to me in a minute. But it was a great movie. But really, the ugly truth is, is that nobody really knows where this market's going or what going on. We can all talk about it with confidence, and confidence is the key to it. But when you look at what's happened previously in, in times gone by, we had Mario Draghi giving us the whatever-it-takes moment when he saved the European Union and ECB, effectively. He didn't actually do anything. He just was very confident about it. And we saw in the GFC, Warren Buffett buying Goldman Sachs and various other bits and pieces during that GFC. And again, that confidence shone through. At the moment, there doesn't seem to be an awful lot of confidence around. There seems to be a scattergun approach from Fed heads. And we are seeing inflation becoming, although it was a little bit off the boil last night, there's the fear that it becomes entrenched. And when you look at the real interest rates in the US with inflation at eight point whatever percent and interest rates there at uh, maybe one percent, then there is a massive, massive differential there of seven and a bit percent. That is kind of unheard of. I have come up with a new term we've had buy the dip, BTD. We've had the TINA. There is no alternative. And now I'm going to be pushing Tiva, which is there is a viable alternative and that viable alternative is effectively is cash. And there is certainly, you know, when you don't know what the hell's going on and you're listening to the people talking as if they do, one of the alternatives is cash. And that is not a bad alternative at the moment, especially as the market is still searching for a bottom. Uh, the other thing that I've looked at is um, I'm looking at Link, which had a big fall yesterday. LNK is the stock code there, big fall yesterday. It's under a takeover bid from DD, which is a Canadian company, which has seen its share price collapse. Its market cap's gone from $3 billion to $1 billion. It's a complicated deal, but it's $5.50 and the stock's now trading at $4.05 as now everyone's expecting D&D to walk away. I'm not quite uh, there yet with Link. I need to do some more research and some more work on it, but it could be an attractive opportunity in a rubbish market at the moment. Uh, The only other sector I still like is lithium. I think that uh, still is a standout. You look at the price of gas in the US, they call it gas. Uh, uh, $4.40. All time high price for US petrol. Aviation fuel in the US is up 178% from a year ago, 178% from a year ago. And demand is through the roof or travel in the US and they can't really um, find the staff or the fuel at the right price to fill it. So interesting things going on, but cash at the moment seems like a pretty good place to be rather than uh, try and pick bottoms just yet.
0: Thank you, Henry. As always, cash is king, isn't
1: it? I I think Henry members' responses to that would be... It's too late now to tell me to
2: go to cash. Is it too late now? I didn't say go to cash. I'm saying if you've got cash, it, there's no point in, you know, if you don't know what's going on and you're relying on all these people, all these experts to tell you and you don't understand what's happening, it's not a bad place to be at the moment in cash. Not the end of the world. Trying to pick the bottom is not always that easy. This has got some way to run. We've gone 15 years of pump priming the economies, printing money, cutting rates, and borrowing money. Europe is a basket case. If they raise rates in Europe, Italy and Spain and those sorts of peripheral countries are going to be in real problems. Germany has got a 7.1% inflation rate and the Germans are pretty across the whole inflation thing there. So this is going to become, and this continues to be a problem when maybe not so bad in Australia, because we do have the inflation hedge built in to some extent, because one, we've got a free floating dollar and also we've got resources and commodity prices have held up relatively well, especially in Aussie dollar terms. Even the gold price held up relatively well in Aussie dollar terms. The iron ore price has held up very well in Aussie dollar terms, because it's gone from 75 to 69. So all I'm saying is not that you dive out now and panic like buggery, because that's not been my message the whole way through being consistent is that it's really pretty tricky market and being fat and happy at Easter, it has become an awful lot harder trying to pick the bottom as you've been writing is hard work. And I have been writing about putting up, you know, giving yourself a watch list and stocks that you're going to like. And there's a load of lithium stocks, which I think are getting well and truly whacked over the head. And at some stage, they will become attractive. But all I'm saying is that while there's so much uncertainty, there is no reason to play the whole buy the dip mentality. Because at the moment, we know we've seen dips and they don't last very long. You know, we see a dip and a bounce and then we fall away again. And everything that I keep seeing, reading, provide uncertainty and uncertain times are just good to have elevated cash levels, not panic and sell everything. Although in hindsight, it would have been a really good idea to have done that at Easter when I was fat and happy. But certainly now, I'm not saying sell everything. I'm saying if you've got cash, there's no reason to hurry in this market. Be patient because I think we're going to see this continue for some time. Some
0: sage guidance there, Henry.
2: It's just what I'm seeing. But you know, when you look at what's happening in the world, with oil at 105 bucks, that's the biggest driver of inflation. You know, you can't take that away. If oil was 80 bucks, then inflation would be 5% rather than 8.5%. You know, that's that's the big key to it: inflation from oil. Is everywhere. Food, fertilizer prices, energy prices, plastics, aviation fuel, travel. You know, it's just entrenched if the oil is $105 a barrel. So, you know, without the oil price coming off, it's hard to see the inflation pressures coming off. The
1: small drop, and it was only a small drop last night in US CPI, was thanks to the oil price, which fell 6.1% in April, having risen 18% in March. And one of the negatives about the CPI. CPI. CPI number is gasoline prices have ripped up again this month in May. And so this slowdown might be temporary. The other element in the CPI number was airline tickets have shot up, reflecting the costs of running an airline with higher energy or aviation fuel prices. So
2: I've I've just been through the process of booking tickets to Europe and prices there have risen dramatically. And mainly because also the competition's gone. There's no Chinese airlines, there's nothing happening out of Hong Kong. So it's um, pretty much Qantas, British Airways. They're having a great time. Yeah. Which brings us on to my strategy piece today, which effectively says the same
1: as... Henry, that the game at the moment, unfortunately, it's it looks too late to sell, but the damage isn't too bad in Australia. Our market's only off eight point four percent. The US market, the Nasdaq's down twenty-two percent, the SP five hundred's down fifteen percent. So we and our bank sector's only down half of our eight percent, it's only down four percent or so, with the dividends being paid as well, or going X. So the damage here hasn't really been too bad. We haven't, in hindsight, we should have, but we haven't cashed up particularly I I know Henry's smaller company's portfolio has got a big element of cash and we have got an element of cash in our portfolios, which is causing us to slightly outperform as we fall. But I feel it's a bit too late to sell. And I do think that the bottom is coming. At some point, there'll be a a sentiment change. Some of the share price falls in the US are extreme and you will see at some point the buyers come in and come in hard. I think the same thing will happen here. Uh, But I do see in that CPI number and in the bond market overnight that people are, are moving from worrying about inflation and interest rates to moving to worrying about an economic slowdown. And that's why, bond, despite a higher than expected CPI number, bond yields fell last night. They're getting closer to inverting, which is a sign of recession. So growth is now the worry. So cyclical stocks are and high PE stocks are going to remain under pressure, I think, for some period of time. And that CPI number and the bond yield fall says, eh, just stay defensive trying to find or trying to trade the bottom when it comes is an everyday moving feast. But it's clearly not today. Anyway, you can have a read of the strategy section today. And that is a simple bit. It is difficult at this point in time, you have to grit your teeth and have faith that at some point sentiment will improve. But it's bloody hard when share prices are doing this. But I would as an investor see my way through it in Australia hard to see the bottom at the moment. But I do think think this is a great buying opportunity, particularly for traders is coming. For investors, as Henry says, these themes are getting entrenched now, slower growth and higher interest rates and the problems that will bring. So maybe we can't expect a miraculous return to a bull market, but I do see a trading opportunity coming uh, because this is quite precipitous in the US markets. Anyway, clearly we don't know what's happening, (laughs) but it's not bouncing today. And
0: that would be the message. Layton, anything interesting from the broker? I'll keep it nice and short. Thanks, Tom. Just having a look at Grain Corp after their results yesterday. The brokers are pretty mixed. There's no real big target prices, but there's a couple of outborn recommendations from Macquarie and Morgan Stanley. Macquarie does have a target price 6% above the current share price there. And CSR also with results yesterday. Citi highlighted that the 31.5 cent dividend above consensus of 27 was their key takeaway from the results. And they've got a buy recommendation with a target price 16% above the current share price. And other than that, there wasn't a whole lot going on this morning. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Layden. And that takes us to our question of the day. Marcus, you had a better understanding of the question (laughs) of the day.
1: No, I have. In the newsletter today, I've repeated the link to our Marcus Today member survey, which has some questions. We've had about 400 replies in the last 24 hours or so. Some very interesting results coming from basic financial questions. By the way, it's a very short survey if you're going to fill it out. And it is also anonymous. We can't tell, all right? I can't tell who's filled in what, so you can fill it in at will. But one of the questions was, do you share all your financial details with your partner? And can you believe it? 28% of our members don't. Now, no judgment. There are obviously reasons people would have said, no, I don't. It might be because I haven't got a partner, or it might because their partner is simply not interested in knowing and is comfortable not knowing. So no judgments there, but it did seem to be quite a high number because I know from a personal perspective. Point of view when Emma became involved in the financial side of Marcus today, and she now holds the keys to all our personal and business accounts, that was a very good day for our relationship. And I saw it as uh, it was a very positive development that might not have happened. We might have just carried on and she might have just not been involved. But the mere fact that she has has been great for us. It gives her a bouncing board for the business and cements trust between us. So I thought that was a very good thing. So Tom, do you, you have a, you've recently moved into a house, haven't you, with your partner? Do you share all your financial details? Do you
0: have a joint account, Tom? Not yet. We don't have a joint account just yet, but I do share all my financial details, what's in my portfolio, although she's not always that interested in that. But I think, you know, trust is the cornerstone of a relationship. And if you trust someone, then don't see an issue with sharing details at all. Layton, It's not really applicable for me. I don't have a partner, but in the past, I've always oh, just been really open with my financial position I don't really see any need to what, secretive in, just yet
1: in, in telling them that you need to borrow money <laughs> 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 okay, good. Uh,
2: Henry that's an interesting question uh, I've been married 28 years and we don't have a joint bank account I must admit um, but we do share and trust but um, we certainly don't have a joint bank account I guess that goes back to um, the fact that for many years my wife didn't actually work and just basically plunders my bank account the whole time. So maybe that's the reason, but certainly we don't have a joint bank account. No real plans to, I must admit, because she keeps plundering mine anyway when she runs out on her own. And we do talk and discuss things very openly, I must admit, after 28 years. I certainly do that, but no joint bank account. We do have a joint credit card, I guess, is, uh, which enables her to do that plundering. I don't it don't really
1: matters whose name the bank account is in. It's all about access rather than what, who... has hers and I have mine. Um, Good. For members listening, do go and fill the survey and I think it's very useful as feedback. We also last night held, or I held, the first... Bayside Investment Group dinner, big dinner, I called it, for around 25, 30 friends of mine to discuss finance. And it was very successful. And I found a great venue in Melbourne. And maybe we will look to roll that out to members as well. And also, just to remind you, have a look in the newsletter. We do have the golf day coming up in November. We've already had uh, filled half the places in a week. So if you want to come up to the RAC, TV for a couple of nights and a chat and a game of golf with your partner or without your partner. We've got half of the people bringing their partners who aren't playing. So couples very welcome. Then click through to the newsletter today and book up our golf day. Uh, That should be
0: fun. And that's about that for today. The market down 40 points as we leave you. So that's continues to improve. Great. Okay. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye.